0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Live Catechesis on Radio Maria. We are joined for the very first time by Sister Yassant. Good afternoon, Sister. Good afternoon. Thank you so much uh, for coming on Radio Maria. Sister Yassant is a Dominican sister from the congregation of the Dominican Sisters of St. Joseph based in the New Forest near Southampton. And she's just revealed to us that she can see the sea from her window. She's originally from France, uh, which is probably why she's on the south coast um, and came over to England to join the sisters in 2000 so over 20 years ago and um, her main work is to train catechists and offer faith formation for adults and she's giving us a wonderful series on Radio Maria on the virtues the Theological Virtues and The Cardinal Virtues. And the series is going to be every third Wednesday of the month. And today, um, Sister Yassinth will look at the first of the theological virtues, Faith, and in particular, Our Lady and the Virtue of Faith. So thank you so much, Sister, and over to you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. So I'm, I'm delighted to be with you to talk about faith and to talk about faith with uh, Our Lady, in connection with Our Lady. Now, we could be led to think that Mary really didn't really need that much faith because, you know, she's so an angel, she heard his voice, she got the message, and then she she received Jesus. So she received the baby knowing that this was from the Holy Spirit. So she really experienced so much of the reality of God in her life and on top of this she was without sin and sin is our biggest enemy when it comes to faith so so did she really need to have faith when all of this was happening to her um, and and she could experience the reality of it I mean she lived with Jesus Uh, she had him in front of her eyes all day long so did she really need faith and yet we find that um, she's the embodiment of faith. And that's what we find in the catechism, uh, in, in paragraph 148 of the catechism. I'm just, don't worry, I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but it's just there's those little nuggets of sentences that just blow your mind. And in 148, paragraph 148, we find something like, the Virgin Mary most perfectly embodies the obedience of faith. And then later on, even even stronger than that, in paragraph 506, we, we we have Mary is a virgin because her virginity is the sign of her faith unadulterated by any doubt and of her undivided gift of herself to God's will. So her virginity is the sign of her faith. And that's why she's a virgin, because of her faith. So the first virtue of Our Lady is faith. And yet she can see Jesus. She she lived with him. So how do we understand faith then? And how do we understand it in the life of Our Lady? So faith is primarily a gift from God. It's not something we are born with. It's something we receive from God. And we receive this gift at baptism. That's why baptism is so important. And, and when we receive faith, it means that we receive the ability to know God. It's about our knowing him, our act of, of assent to him, and our capacity to, to sort of touch God with our faith. In the sense that we faith puts us in a relationship with God that's beyond what we could naturally do just with our understanding as it is natural naturally. So, um, for example, through our reason we can know certain things about God. We can figure out, you know, that He exists because huh, some, something doesn't come out of nothing, and there's definitely something around. So that's the kind of Of reasoning we can make just with our natural reason but with the gift of faith we can go much much further because suddenly we receive the ability to really know God to say I know him and to know him on the basis of what he has revealed to us so that we come through faith to accept what God tells us about himself. We accept it as absolutely true. The word for it is ascent, the ascent of faith. Now, let's go back to Our Lady. How do we see this ascent of faith in the life of Our Lady? Well, we see it, first of all, at the Annunciation, when the angel comes to her. Now, of course, she's full of grace, and, and the angel, that's the first thing he says to her. You know, Hell full of grace, Hell Mary full of grace. That's the words we begin the Hell Mary with. Hell Mary full of grace. So of course, if she's full of grace, grace, there's no sin in her, and and so she's she's capable, she's able to make a perfect act of faith already, but she still has to make that act of faith. She still has to do it, and so we have this dialogue in in the Gospel of Saint Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to, to 38, the dialogue of the Annunciation, and it's the most amazing teaching on faith. So of course there's an angel, and of course he talks, but there's still so much more for Mary to believe and to assent to. And, and what the angel talks about is a reality which is really invisible to our senses. So Uh, the, the angel comes to Mary and he said, hell, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And already we see Mary's reaction. So in this dialogue, this back and forth. So the proclamation of the angel. And then we hear about Our Lady that she's greatly troubled and she considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And this is a first hint about faith. That faith doesn't cancel out the use of our reason. Mary's already trying to figure out what's going on. And that's a very, very healthy uh, thing to do. It's the most normal thing to do, to figure out, to use our ability to understand which which is our reason, to try to understand something which is beyond what reason can get. An angel comes to me and speaks to me. I need to figure this out. I need to understand. And then she's then receiving more, as it were, of God's revelation because the angel continues. Uh, The angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. And then he tells her the plan. And the plan is you will conceive and bear a son and you shall call him his his name Jesus and he will be great and the son of the Most High and, and so forth and so on. Now, what the angel tells Mary is the message of salvation. And with her faith, Mary is invited to accept it, to assent to it. But she doesn't just assent to it blindly and say, yeah, right, fine. It's all whatever. I'm just going to believe whatever you tell me. No, what does she say to the angel after that? She says to him, how can this be? How can this be since I have no husband? And we see already some somewhere here a her determination to remain a virgin because she's about to be married, so normally, if you know, but how can this be it's since I have no husband. So she wants to understand, and faith, our faith, always wants to understand for a, an authentic faith, it's not just about blindly accepting pure nonsense, it's really trying to understand profoundly god's revelation and here the angel comes back to mary again and explains to her well the holy spirit will come upon you and 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 the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of god now that's a bit of an explanation isn't it it's whoa whoa what an explanation is this but Then the angel adds another bit. He says, your kinswoman Elizabeth has also conceived a son son in her old age. So that's a proof. It's like um, there's there's a hint. There's some sort of evidence here. But what I'm telling you is not accessible to your senses. It's it's not something you're going to see. It's not something that you're going to experience. But here's a proof. Here's a sign. Elizabeth will conceive. And then... The final, as it were, the final statement, nothing is impossible to God. And that makes sense. If God is God, then nothing is impossible to him. If he's our creator, nothing is impossible to him. He can make a virgin conceive. He can make an old woman conceive. He can do anything he wants. And so the angel does give an explanation to Mary. Who asks for one. And now she's ready then to to give her a scent of faith. And she gives it in the most amazing way. Mary said, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So you see in all that dialogue, this great interaction of faith and reason, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to understand, and yet accepting the revelation of God, the message of God from the angel, and giving it her full assent. Now, when she says yes at the end, Mary is really saying yes forever. She's not going to change her mind. And we see how a yes will be carried out throughout her life, a yes of faith. Now, this is something for us to ponder because we also, if you know, at certain moments of of our lives, we we have great experiences of faith. We can have great sort of um, fervor. Uh, uh, our faith can be strengthened by amazing experiences of, of God's consolation, or seeing prayers answered, or of just having this sense, this feeling of the presence of God with us. So our faith can be strengthened enormously by these things that happen to us that can be experienced. And the reason why our faith is strengthened in those moments is for it to endure. Those experiences are taken away from us. And this is very important, because after that annunciation of the angel to her, the life of Mary becomes really mundane, but also really hard because she has to bear in mind that message. She knows, okay, now there's a baby that's going to be born, my son, who's also the Son of God. And all the conditions of her life after that kind of, to some extent, and if you look at it with just a human eye, seem to discredit the message of the angel. The Son of the Most High is going to be born in a stable. In the middle of winter, is going to be placed in the manger where the animals eat. I mean, this is really hard. And then he's going to be, uh, he's going to be chased out of his own country by persecution. They're going to have to move to Egypt to to escape from from the persecution of, of King Herod. And then he's going to live quietly for thirty years living the life of a, of a carpenter, of a working man in the middle of his village. And Mary will have to keep that knowledge of faith that I know who my son is, he's also the son of God, is also God the son. And keep that knowledge in spite of every appearance. Because he's fully God, yes, but he's also fully man. And, and what hits us first to our senses is the reality. Of his humanity, of his human life, and in a way, she will have to exercise faith at every single minute of her life, every moment of her life, living, believing that reality, that greater reality, of God's salvation in her life, of believing that great, greater reality that Jesus, her Son, is also God, the Son, is the Lord, in her life, while appearances contradict that and this is the same call for us the same um, challenge for us to live our faith knowing the reality of God and his presence in our life and his action in our life in spite sometimes of contradictory appearances so we can see a little bit more about what faith is with Mary and I'm going to talk a bit more about that reality of faith and what it means, how it fits together with our with our understanding, with our mind, uh after after we have a little pause just
0: now. Thank you so much, Sister Yasan. Yassanth, who is talking to us about Our Lady and the virtue of faith. Back over to you, sister. Thank you. So, yes,
1: we're we're pondering uh, from the example of Our Lady, the great mystery of faith, what it means to believe. And she is for us uh, the preeminent model of faith. The the Church presents Mary to us as the one who believed. Uh, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. That's the words of Elizabeth when she greets Mary. Blessed is she who believed. So we saw a little bit how Mary believed uh, the the journey of her faith in in the short, very short dialogue with the angel, how she used really everything, all her capacity to try to understand, to try to accept, and finally gave her a sense of faith to the message of the angel. So what does it mean when we make an act of faith? What's involved in it? Well, first of all, as I said, it's a gift from God. Faith is really a gift from God. We're not born with it. We receive it at baptism. And so in, in paragraph 153 of the Catechism, we, we see that faith is a complete grace. It's a gift from God. It's completely from God. So a supernatural virtue infused by God in us, a new capacity, if you want. Now, how do we understand this in connection with our understanding? Because the outcome of faith, just as the outcome of reason, is for a human person to say, I know. Uh, Through reason, we can say, well, I know two and two is four. Uh, That's common to everybody. It's an act of uh, intellectual, uh, you know, um, reason, reasoning. With faith, we can say the same. I know, but in this case, it will be, I know God, I know Jesus Christ, and not only that, but we can say things about God that only through faith we can know, such as I know God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know that Jesus is God the Son made man. These are statements of faith, professions of faith. And, and, you know, we we summarize all that when we profess our faith in the creed every Sunday, the profession of our faith. So there's a content to our faith. And the content of our faith is what God has revealed to us about himself and about what he does for us. And, And that's primarily the sending of his Son and the sending of his Holy Spirit. So there is... Both this aspect of I believe in God insofar as I know him, but I so I also believe in him insofar as I know about him, what he has revealed to us. I know something about God through my faith, which I couldn't access through my reason. An image to to use to really understand the relation of faith and reason, and it's my own, so it's very limited and it's it's a very um, but uh, some people have found it helpful so i'm going to share it with you it's a little bit like a hot air balloon so if you imagine your reason is the basket and 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 my reason my ability to know is the basket so i stand in my basket of reason of, of the mind the intellect and from my basket i can see certain things now imagine the basket is on the ground. I can see the horizon, I can see everything around me from a horizontal perspective. And just insofar as I can, my eyes can see, in, in the same way that, you know, human reason has a huge perspective because we can know and think through and work out through so many things, but they're going to still be limited to what is uh, accessible, if you want, to human experience. So from my basket, I will have a great view, but it will be a limited view. Now, if we compare faith to the balloon, and the gift of God, as it were, to the, to the fire that produced the hot air to elevate the balloon, all that, the faith, the balloon and the fire are both from God, if you want. Uh, then you can see how faith elevates reason. And through my act of faith, I'm still completely using my reason. I'm still in the basket of my reason. But suddenly, I am elevated to see everything from a completely different perspective. From higher up, I can see everything from the perspective, as it were, of God. Where, And it's the same reality. It's the same world I can see but I can see so much wider, so much better, from the perspective of being up in the air, so that there are all sorts of things I know through faith, which help me to understand everything else that I know, normally, if you want. Uh, and, and so the perspective of faith opens to me a huge area, which is shut to me when I'm just on the ground. Now. If I don't have faith and I hear someone who has faith and they tell me, look, from my perspective, I see all sorts of things. I can I can think they're crazy because <laughs> I see perfectly well from my baskets on the ground. I don't need anybody else to tell me what reality is. Thank you very much. But you, so you see how we it can be very problematic to have a real dialogue between someone who has faith and someone who doesn't because... Because of that difference of perspective, but it's the same act of reason, which is the the human, if you want, the human um, act of saying "I know," and that's the same the same act. So, so faith includes reason. It's not like in order to believe, I have to leave behind my understanding and my common sense. But in everything that I believe, I have to imitate Mary, precisely who's asking question of the angel. How, you know, who's afraid because suddenly, hang on, what's going on? I need to understand what is, what is this angel? What, what this? What is this? What does this greeting mean? What what? How can it be that I can conceive and bear a child when I'm a virgin? So, faith is hugely open to our questioning. But not to our doubting, but to our questioning, to try to understand better God's revelation. Uh, so you see, from the baskets of my reason, with the hot air balloon of my faith, I can really know something which I could not know before. And that is a gift of God, it's a grace. But it's also, and fully together, a human act. It's also me who decides to make this ascent of faith. I'm going to accept God's revelation. And that's, so it's it's fully from God, but it's also fully my decision to believe, my ascent to give, no one is going to make it for me. And so again, just as in paragraph 153 in the Catechism, we read that faith is a grace from God, complete gift from God. We also read in just the next paragraph 154, that faith is a human act. It's something that um, I alone can do. Um, and, and I choose to do. I choose to do. I choose to assent to that truth that God has revealed to me. I choose to assent to that truth that God has revealed to me in Jesus Christ. That's my faith. So yes, when I'm proclaiming the creed at Mass after the after the homily, these are the words I absolutely know and believe. I've received those words from the Church. I've received those words from God. I believe absolutely it is true. And no one can make me deny those words, and no one can make me change those words. I alone can pronounce them. And if I don't believe them, I shouldn't be proclaiming them. So this is the human, if you want, side of faith, which is absolutely essential. So just a few more words about our lady. When we see we 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 have very few glimpses of her after the annunciation, but we see her faith so beautiful, so pure in action, especially to me at the wedding at Cana. Now the first miracle of Jesus Mary has lived with Jesus for 30 years and he's not done a single miracle because St. John tells us the the changing of the water into wine at Cana is his first sign, his first miracle. So she's lived with him for 30 years. She probably, you know, she could be tempted to forget that this is the Lord because it would have been such a normal human life of hard work and, and normal things. And then at the wedding at Cana, she's the one who basically, through her faith, engineers the whole of salvation that w- begins with the public life of Jesus. She's the one who turns to him and says, they have no more wine. And now she's not; she's turning to him in complete confidence. She sees the lack. She's like the first prayer of Mary for us, for humanity. They have no wine. They have no joy. They have no salvation. They have, they have no hope and And so she turns to her son for us, really, not for herself, for us, they have no wine, and she completely trusts that whatever he will do will be the best thing, so she's not telling him what to do. you need to provide wine for these people, you need to do something about it. She's not even saying that, and then she she you know she gets a a weird answer from Jesus, woman, what is it from me to you? You know, my hour has not come, which sounds like I'm not going to do anything. I mean, if you translate those words of Jesus, it really sounds like he's not really willing to do anything. But she still don't take that as a, as a no. She goes to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you. Complete faith in Jesus, even though she has no evidence and in fact, she has a kind of a weird answer uh, to, to, to go by. She still has complete faith in him. And, and that for us is a, is a wonderful example of faith. And she will, of course, carry out that example all the way to the cross, where everything looks like a complete failure. And she sees her son crucified, and she still believes She still believes. Even though she's not been given any great explanation as far as we know, she still believes. And then she waits in faith with the apostles for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the faith of Mary is something that we should all uh, try to imitate. Absolute faith in the providence of God, in the love of God, in the reality of God. In Jesus. So, um, um, these were a few words. I hope that was helpful. Perhaps we can have a
0: another another song to to ponder the example of Our Lady. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Essence. Uh, if anyone has a question or a comment, please don't hesitate to give us a ring. The number is the live studio number: 223 three seven five five six four oh one two two three three seven five five six four if you have any question at all don't be shy sister ascent will be so happy to um help you out and uh, answer your question Sarah, thank you for calling. You're through to Sister Yasant. Hello. 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 I, I I don't have a question, um, but I do did want to say um,
1: I, I've just been sort of listening to everything that you've been saying, and it, it struck me that.
0: I haven't really heard any kind of um, teaching like this about Mary and about her faith and, and thinking about it from her point of view. So I just wanted to say thank you for doing this talk. And
1: I will definitely be listening to it on the podcast to think about it further because it's quite a lot to suddenly take in all of this information yes. about Mary. And it's, it's great. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Yes, it's I packed a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's yes, it's 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 actually really important. But we don't really tend to talk about Mary's faith. Um, yeah. And and it's actually so comforting a find for me to to know that she had to believe. Even though, you know, she lived with Jesus, she still had to believe in him. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. so You just doesn't sort of strike you. you. don't think about it from her point of view for some yeah. reason, but we should. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank, you. And it, thank yes. you very much.
0: Thank you, Sarah, yes. Thank you, Sarah, thank you so much for calling. Uh, we also have Helena on the line. Helena, you're through and on air. Hello, Sister Hyacinth. Hello. Hello, I just wanted to really thank you for that, uh, metaphor with the balloon and the basket and knowledge and seeing from a higher perspective and i'm going to totally borrow that when <laughs> speaking to my youth group because we use the balloon when we talk about the holy spirit when i go here you are on uh, air you need the holy spirit to get you to move but now you've given me this extra higher perspective <laughs> idea and it's so lovely thank you so much for that
1: Oh you're very welcome, Helena. Thank you. But yes, I I, I yes, I, I, I thought about, you know, because the, the technical term is that faith elevates reason. And and so when I was trying to explain it to some young people as well, and and, and suddenly the, the hot air balloon came to my mind. But of course, being French, I, I started saying hot hot hair balloon, and everybody started laughing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the old hair balloon, but uh, yes, they, they, it was uh, it was it it really helped them as well, and it helped me, I mean, it's, it's still imperfect, it's not really great, but it, it does help.
0: I love it, I think what we might do, I might still borrow that as well, faith elevates reason for our science and faith program, <laughs> yes. oh, you're full of ideas, I love it, I love it, thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for listening. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for your call. Um, so, Sister Yassanth, back over to you. Uh, if Have you got a few more words you could share with our listeners? Uh, yes. So uh, w- w- what I, I want to uh, really encourage,
1: uh, you know, well, myself and us to do is is when we pray the rosary, because October is the month of our Lady. it's the month of our rosary and sometimes you know when we pray the rosary we think of the mysteries and 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 i don't know about you but i get stuck on on just one perspective on oh yes it's the nativity jesus is born right yes fine uh, and and to come back to the same kind of point of view when i meditate on the mysteries but to change that point of view and to look at perhaps those mysteries from the perspective of mary and how she would have experienced it so if you want what, what I've done at the beginning of this talk with the annunciation looking at her and all right an angel comes into the room wow and 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 then you know the the emotion that we know from st luke he tells us you know she she's she was disturbed by this word she didn't know what to think um and and so to and to see in her mysteries in the mysteries of the rosary, her faith. What would she then have thoughts? And then how did she come to see God's grace as well at work? So that she comes on hearing the explanation by the angel to make that ascent of faith. That yes to God, but then to carry on right. So she's now pregnant with the visitation. She carries this baby, knowing. The baby really comes from God. is is um, um, is from the Holy Spirit, and and she has to live with that reality, while knowing that the people around her won't really understand, like Saint Joseph, that they, you know, and trusting that everything will be all right. Uh, then the incredible faith she would have needed when. The whole plan goes completely wrong on arriving at Bethlehem. There's no accommodation. She's about to give birth. It must have been horrendous. But then at the same time at the nativity, her faith would have been confirmed, as it were, after the birth of Jesus, by suddenly the, 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 the Magi turning up at her door. The Well, first of all, the shepherds, the angels, all of that, har- har- and, and that would be a massive confirmation to her faith. Just like in our lives when we, you know, suddenly, again, prayer is answered, we have this incredible grace that, oh yes, of course I need to believe in God, of course he's real, of course, you know. So uh, to, to see those mysteries from the perspective of her faith, and then the presentation, I, I find the presentation incredible when, you know it it for me it's the mystery where it's the first time she gives us jesus she presents him to the father in the temple she presents jesus in in the temple as an offering but she to me there's an unspoken element to this that she knows he's not for her he's for he's offered in sacrifice for us Um and And she gives him over, as it were. She already uh, forgoes her claim on him. And that's again, an incredible act of faith. He, the, the The Son of God, Jesus, has not been given to her just for her. And I mean, every mother has to let go of her children at some point, but to that extent, uh, it's it's incredible that she would have, and this is where we see faith and charity working together, this love. Because faith without love doesn't, it, it, as we will see later with the further talks, it it it, it it's kind of dead. Uh, but she accepts everything in faith and in love, in charity. So, and then losing Jesus. Can you imagine losing Jesus in the you know those three days of trying to find him when he's twelve and he's with the doctors in the temple. And again, that would be such a sign when she finally finds him of everything will be all right, but it's a kind of a um, um, first experience, a preparation for the cross of the three days of losing him uh, in the tomb, Uh, knowing, so it's, it's kind of prophetic, isn't it, that she would have lost him for three days and lived in the anguish you know oh god has entrusted me with his son and now i've lost him can you imagine um not only would she have the anguish of a mother the gut-wrenching anguish of losing your son and not knowing where he is but you know he's also the savior of the world and i've managed to lose him Uh, and and then finding him you know, and and when he says to her, you know, didn't you know that I, I must be about my father's business or be in my father's house? All right, then I'm not the one who's in charge of him. He's in charge of everything. There's the the father will look after everything. I can trust. I can continue to trust. And and this is again for us pondering these mysteries help us as well to. Um, to go through those experiences of the cross, of, of desolation, of not life not making any sense, of, of as it were, losing ourselves and, and, and losing the presence of God through trials and tribulations, which can be enormous in our lives, but never, never losing that faith in Him that He will see us through, and we just have to keep trusting in Him. So faith is also this whole aspect of faith, which is not just knowledge, but it's also absolute confidence. Absolute confidence, because the knowledge of faith is more sure than any human knowledge we can have. Why? Because it's been revealed by God. It comes from Him. So it's more sure than anything else. We can absolutely put our whole confidence in what God has revealed and in in his providence. And as we see, this is the kind of faith that Mary has at the foot of the cross, where she can endure, uh, in union with Jesus, the passion. She can endure the absolute suffering of the passion in faith, trusting that the Father will will see it through, that that there will be, you know, a, a... a happy ending, as it were, a blessed, a beatitude at the end of it all, which is the beatitude promised by God, which is himself, that, and that is fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus. Thank
0: you so, so much. Thank you, sister. Um, I just wanted to say that i I do remember reading some interlocutions to a, a mystical uh mystical exper- about a, a mystical experiences a religious sister had had, and the Virgin Mary had said to her exactly that about um, not keeping her for her, not keeping Jesus for herself. Uh, she mentioned that in images, for example, you know the traditional images we always see Jesus in in the lap, sitting on the lap of the Virgin Mary, because from the beginning she didn't keep her, didn't keep him for herself, but um, you know shared him and presented him to the world. I just thought we'd play a little bit more music, just in case anyone else uh, has a question or. Um, wants to call in, so the number is zero one two two three three seven five five six four, and we'll be back very shortly. finish with a few final words on Our Lady and faith and also tell us um, about a project she's working on. Sister, back over to you. Thank you! So that was a great joy to uh, be with you all and and share
1: about the faith of Our Lady and and please be encouraged, especially when you pray the Rosary, to to think about Mary's faith when she, she experiences all these mysteries in the life of Jesus. Um, And also, if you want to hear more about what I do with the sisters, my sisters, we are a little congregation of 10 sisters in the New Forest in Hampshire. And we've just launched our new apostolate of Catholic faith formation for everyone, (laughs) which uh, is mainly for adults, actually, uh, especially parents, uh, and also for catechists, to help catechists, Um, understand a bit more about this amazing vocation which they have uh, which is also very challenging of transmitting the faith to others so we we offer lots of courses online but also we offer things in person where we can travel to wherever you are Uh, and so you can find all about our apostolate on on our website which is lightoftruth.uk lightoftruth.uk so light of truth in one word and, uh, and I'm going to finish now our session with a prayer and inviting you to join me again next uh, next month. I'll be talking about the second theological virtue, which is hope. So we'll look at hope and we'll look at the figure of Abraham. Uh, so we'll, we'll do a lot of uh, a bit more of scripture as well. So uh, but let's finish today in the presence of Mary and Jesus and, and let's turn to the Lord as we thank him for giving us his mother she gave jesus to us and he gave her to us as well mary and jesus are with us always lord we thank you for the gift of your mother we thank you for the faith of your mother we thank you for the gift of our mother mary Lord, help us to imitate her in her faith. Make our faith stronger. Help us to believe in you, especially when there's no apparent reason to, especially when it's difficult, especially when it seems we're the only people on earth who remember you and have faith in you. Make our faith stronger. Help us to be like Our Lady, when she was pregnant with you and was the only person to know about you in the whole world. Help us to be like her, Jesus. Give us that grace of faith and so that one day we can come to see you face to face and rejoice with you and our
0: mother forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Yassant. And we're so much looking forward to next month's episode. Thank you. Thank you.